Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with Yardena Azban, my friend, and Chavuta. Our daf today is Masachet Shabbat, daf Dalid, page four. Uh, happy Purim, everybody. Purim, Purim Sameach. I like the idea that we would actually do a Purim, Purim Torah for the day, but the daf waits for no man or woman, and we must continue. It, it waits for no one. <laughs> what? It waits for no one, and I have no, no Purim Torah in me today. So that too. So we're going to dive right in. And just to refresh everybody's memory, especially because of the technical de- details uh, two days ago, I, I just want to remind everybody, we're talking about the malacha of hutza'a that we colloquially call carrying, and that it is def- definitionally a matter of akara and hanacha, that these two components of uprooting something, an object, from one place and then having it rest in another place and where that other place is a different domain is the integral, essential elements of this malacha, which is otherwise called hutza'a, meaning that you are transferring something from one place to another. And as the Gemara does, it's going to probe, you know, and this is somewhat different from the kinds of Gemaras that we saw in the Sacha Brachot, but as the Gemara does, it's going to probe, you know, how far does this malacha go? What do we consider transfer? When does carrying, as we discussed the other day already, you know, when is it something that you carry in your hands? How far does that go? What, what if you're transferring something without your hands? So your Dana, you're going to jump into the text and then I'll continue our conversation after that. Thanks, Anne. So now I want to go through a little bit more deeply uh, the part of our Gemara that's at the bottom of Amud Aleph and read it together. Right, so we're talking, first we're going to quote the Mishnah that we had in Dafet, which had that case of the poor person who either extends his hand, right? The poor person is standing in the Rashud HaRabim, is in a public place, and extends his hand to the uh, Baal Habay, to a homeowner who's in a Rashud HaYachid, who's in a private area, and either places an object into the hands of the uh, Baal Habay, into the homeowner, or the homeowner gives the, um, or he takes an object from the hands of the Balabayat, and then would bring it back into the Rashud HaRabim. So they want to ask a question here, right? Amai Chayev. Why is it that the poor person, why is it that this Ani would be Chayev? Don't we require that the act of Hotsa, right? The act of carrying has to involve Akira, right? That was a term we talked about yesterday, that it has to involve actually lifting the Hanacha and also placing, and meaning placing that has to be put onto another surface, and that surface has to be what? Arba'a al-arba'a. It has to be four by four tefachim. A tefach is what we call a hand's breadth, right? It's probably like a fist a fist size if you made a fist, um, and a person's hand isn't actually that size. So if the ani, you know, places something in the hands of the Baal Habayat, right, he, you know, how is it that that space of the Baal Habayat's hand could be considered a Rashud Hayafid. So how could that be that the Ani did both Akira and also Hanacha? So to understand this, Rabbah's going to come. I'm a Rabbah. So what does Rabbah say? Ha money, right? Whose opinion is this Mishnah? So in order to understand this Mishnah and the question, Rabbah wants to try to figure out who actually authored this Mishnah, which is what we know a lot of what the Gemara is occupied with, is trying to uh, determine authorship of particular Mishnahs that it's teaching us. So who does he say it is? Rabbi Akiva. This must be a Mishnah of Rabbi Akiva. Da Amar, lo makom arba'a al arba'a. 
because Rabbi Akiva holds that for the act of Hotsad to happen, we don't require this thing that each place has to be at least, right? The, the going from one reshoot to the other, each reshoot doesn't actually have to be arba'a al-arba'a. It doesn't have to have a full space of four by four tzfachim. And how does Rabbi know this? He's going to quote a Mishnah. Ditanan, we learned in a Mishnah. Hazarek mi reshut hayachid, le reshut hayachid, u reshut harabim ba'amsa. So what's the case of this Mishnah? Somebody throws an object from a reshut hayachid, from a private domain, to another private domain. And in between these two private domains, in between these two reshut hayachids, there's a reshut harabim. So the question is, if you transfer from one reshut hayachid to another reshut hayachid, that's not considered hotel. <coughs> It's really transferring it from one type of reshut to another type of reshut. So Rabbi Akiva, though, in this case, still would say that you're chayef, right? Remember, there's this reshut harabim in between. The chachamim are potrim. The chachamim say, no, this person who threw that object is not actually chayef on hotzah. This person didn't commit the act of carrying. So now we need to understand how could this be? Why do they have this difference of opinion? Rabbi Akiva sabar aminan kilut. So Rabbi Akiva holds, and this is the principle, that a object that is in air, it is like it rested, okay? So that's a very, very interesting concept. So what we're talking about here in the Gemara later on, we'll explain it has to be only a space of 10 tzfachim higher than the ground itself, okay? It, 10 tzfachim or lower. But within that space, if an object gets thrown in that space, even when it's in that air, it's like it rested in that air. So therefore, according to Rabbi Akiva, when that person threw the object from the Rashud HaYachid to Rashud HaYachid, when it passed through the air of the Rashud HaRabim, it rested in that air, and therefore Hotzah was done. Therefore, Hanacha, right, it transferred, it rested itself in the air, and the act of carrying was completed. But Rabbanan, Spira, Lo Amrinan, Kulta Kameh Shehunacha Dana, right? But the rabbis, they don't hold by this principle. They don't hold that if an object go through, goes through air, it can actually accomplish hanacha. The rabbis don't actually, just because it's in the air, it doesn't have the legal status of actually having been placed there. Um, and therefore, it's not like that person carried, and that's why that person would be pator. So, Anne, I know you wanted to explain a little bit more about this. Yeah, I'm going to try. Um, okay. So I think, no, it, it's actually, um, there's, this is the kind of Gemara that there's a lot of different movable parts, let's say, and also it's a little bit conceptually difficult. So first of all, we need to establish that the same that we're talking about Rishuyot, we're talking about different domains, and how do we establish something to be a place, right, that it is considered a domain. And that's the four by four Tzfachim that we're talking about to begin with, right? Like, otherwise, wouldn't you just say, well, he's putting it in the guy's hand in his house. Isn't his house the domain? Like, that makes sense to us. Except for that, because it's not resting on the ground of the house and it's in the guy's hand. So then the concern is, well, maybe that guy, his, it needs to actually be resting on a place, right? That has a, a status of a place. Um, and so then this example, this, which I think is, it, it's a really like fantastical example of Rebbe Kiva and the, the item flying through the air considered to be resting. Right, which I'm going to get to in one moment, I find it's a, it's a very interesting way to answer that your hand, which is up in the air, is essentially the same as an item flying through the air, which is essentially the same as resting on the ground. Right? But that is really what the Gemara is trying to establish in presenting the opinion of Rabbi Akiva here. Now, 
in establishing what makes a place, there are certain definitions that this, uh, your Dana, you mentioned ten Fahim and the Gemara further on, beyond the text that you read inside, um, addresses this specifically, that above ten Fahim, everybody agrees, right, that that is not part of this Hotza issue in the same kind of way. What, it's not their machloket. Their machloket is what happens under under ten Fahim, when you're in a nine Fahim zone or an eight Fahim zone or a three Fahim zone. And I would say it's as if the ground rises up to include that much airspace. I think that's the way to, to, to conceptualize or to internalize what Rabbi Akiva is trying to say here, that it's not physically, obviously, it's, it's flying through the air. It's not resting on the ground. But, but what, how much is the domain, right? Is it, is it only when it's, you're actually flush touching the ground? That does seem to be the opinion of Chachamim, right? The, the idea, Rabbanan, the idea that if it's on the ground, it's on the ground. And if it's in the air, then it's in the air and it's moving and it is not resting. But I think Rabbi Akiva's approach is it is going through the air at a low enough place that is considered like, let's call it like the personal space of the ground. So that it's as if it's the same as the ground. And now that item is fundamentally or conceptually resting on the ground and you've got Hanakha. And then you've fulfilled the obligation of, of Hotza'a and you would be Chayev, you know, if you, again, transfer your item from the Rishud HaYachid to the other Rishud HaYachid, but passing through the Rishud HaRabim at a low enough airspace that it's as if it is, in fact, resting on the ground and you have transferred from Rishud HaYachid to Rishud HaRabim. Now let's take that back to the hand of the homeowner who is, you know, transferring something or accepting something from the Ani, from the poor person who, who extends his hand. So that hand is lower than ten Fahim high, right? So then, I mean, by definition, so, uh, yeah, pretty much by definition. So so then it's as if, according to Rabbi Kiva, it's as if it's on the ground and therefore within the same domain and therefore you have this obligation of from the Rishud HaRabim to the Rishud HaYachid and there you go. There Now you've now you've got a full act of Hotza'a. It is tricky. Uh, yeah. It's tricky. It's like conceptual no, thinking about carrying tricky. that isn't actually the physical act of carrying. Sorry. Right. So that, that, you know, I had to read this many times and like, we'll be honest with our audience. We actually had to record this episode <laughs> multiple times because it's hard to really think about like how to verbally like explain some of these things and some of these concepts. So, you know, as we're discussing it and as we've gone through the Gemara itself, I, I think that's exactly what's challenging with this piece is it's making us really rethink what is the act of carrying, right? We think of the act of carrying as being that I take an object and I stick it in my pocket. I said this yesterday, and I'm going to say it again today. And here, now, you know, so yesterday, the added element was that we talked about was that carrying, you know, it's, it's not just taking the object and walking with it or, or doing something with it, but it's the placing it in where you wanted it to be, right? And, and that, that's what fulfills the act of carrying. Here, we have an example, according to Rabbi Akiva, where you're not even carrying, it's just transferring of an object. And you may, may do that by having it in your hand, right? Or as the Ani did by extending their hand and taking an object or placing an object, or it could be just by like releasing the object in the air, but somehow because it's transferred through something else, it becomes, it, it's actually an act of caring. I mean, it makes you think very differently about space. Right, I was thinking about that earlier, that, that if Shabbat, so far, right? When uh, Shabbat, I don't mean Shabbat. 
Masakha Brachot, you know, gave us a lot of thinking about time, right? What time do we say Shema? What time do we say the Amidah? You know, that that kind of thing. Also talked about space, but a lot about time. Here, at least initially, we're talking very much about space, which I find interesting and a little counterintuitive because I always think of time when it comes to Shabbat, right? Like that's a day of the week and that isn't that time. But here we're talking very much about the physical space. Um, and I will say one other thing that this piece, this whole thing that you read, Yodina, you know, is it's interpreting a case from the Mishnah and it's a, and, and it's, and it works according to the view of Rabbi Akiva. So of course the Gemara will also need to address, and we're not going to talk about it now really, but it's going to need to address, well, what do Rabbanan do with that case in the Mishnah, right? Every time you've got a statement in the Mishnah, it has to work with everybody's opinion because the Mishnah predates the Gemara and is authoritative with regard to, the, as far as the Gemara is concerned. And so that if you want to interpret it, like if it, if it doesn't make sense according to one interpretation, that other view needs to have a way to make sense of it because otherwise we're left with an unexplained Mishnah and, and that's no good, that doesn't work. Right, exactly. And I just, I'm going to go back to what you said before about the space. So I know that you also love to find like themes <laughs> on a page. So to me, the theme here is space, right? So the first area of space is like, can air be space? And, you know, there's two cases here. First is that case of Rabbi Akiva, where we throw an object from Rashida Yachid to Rashida Yachid with the Rashida Harabim in between. The daf ends with a case with, with Rabbi Huda Nasi, with Rabbi and the Chachamim where it's the opposite, it's Rashid HaRabim to Rashid HaRabim with Rashid HaYachid in the middle. And, you know, so that's, you know, flipping that type of space. And, you know, in between there, there's that case of the tree. I love the case of the know, tree. That is, right, that love the case of the tree with like is in the space of the Rashid HaYachid, but it's branches in the Rashid HaRabim, right? And so where, what space does it occupy? Like, where is the tree itself? Is it Rashid HaRabim? Or is Rashid Hayatid? And so I, I love what you said that you, we often think Shabbos is really a holiday of time, but the malachas around it, or this particular malacha, is going to, I think, as we learn it more, it's going to be a malacha of space. Right. It's very and physical. I have to think about what that means. No, but it's, it's very physical. <laughs> We're going to, I feel like we just uncovered our theme for the Farrakh. I, I think, I think it's this is going to be our theme. There is our DAF discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us on our podcast, any podcast app, especially if they're working. Join us on our on our WhatsApp group. Comment and read us and like us on our Facebook page. Thank you to Michelle Farber for hosting us on Hadron. For anybody who has any difficulty finding us elsewhere, that is a good place to find us if the podcast apps are not working. I never thought I would say that, right? The technology should work, but it's working now. And I and again one more time just to wish everybody a really happy oh yes Purim. happy Purim and for those Yerushalmim listening listening along with me we got another day here we'll wish it again tomorrow until tomorrow go and learn yeah and how about this we, we're gonna make we're making a Belina Derneder next year on Purim we will have try to have some Purim <laughs> I I'll sign on for that okay until tomorrow's okay, Duff, great go and. Um,